We welcome you to the preaching service of the Wisconsin Four Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, the minister, and we're so pleased to have you sharing with us. This Lord's Day, of course, is the last Lord's Day in the month of July, 2023. Hard to believe that many months has already gone by in the year of 2023. You have, if you have been listening to our podcast, you know that I started on June the 11th, and this marks the eighth message that um, I will have preached about um, evangelism, about bringing people to Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, we're hoping and praying that we will witness at least eight decisions for the Lord and his church. And uh, we just pray that uh, God will use our efforts. And I am more than confident of that. This morning, we are going to talk about a message entitled, The Church the Lord Blesses. And uh, I'll admit to you and happy to admit to you that indicates that we're never too old to learn that my zeal and my desire to see people brought to Christ uh, because of these eight weeks, it has been brought to another level. So I want to read in the Gospel of Luke, beginning in verse 12 in the the 14th chapter, going through uh, 24. If you will, let's listen to the word of the Lord. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do you do, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, listen now, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, everything is now ready. But they all began to make excuses. The first one said, I have bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have bought five uh, five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I cannot come. The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, What you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servants, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Now, friends, uh, this is some very, very important teaching. I hate to begin, so to speak, on a negative note, 
but I shared and I want to share these words again and I don't think I realized how true they were until we really got into studying evangelism and thinking about the work at hand and that is and I ask you if you are attending a congregation a particular body of believers is evangelism stressed is uh, it held up as uh, a most important priority a lot of times we say it like this it is <coughs> excuse me <coughs> it is important that we keep the main thing the main thing and uh, and it just seems like that uh, from the fruit and the things that we see uh, that the light of evangelism uh, has gone out now we need if we are genuine christians to be concerned about the what the bible says about what kind of body of believers what kind of church can receive the blessings of god now in these words that i've just read here from the gospel of luke again uh that i say to you uh that uh, i have had my level of awareness raised about if we want to be blessed listen to me then this is what we must do. And if we are not willing to do that, then why should we expect the blessings of God? When we look at this teaching in the Gospel of Luke, it points out that God blesses a church that goes out calling. I know that uh, my dear friend who's already gone to heaven, uh, that uh, he commented not long before he left this world that he said, I hope that we have not lost an understanding of what we're talking about here, about going into the highways and byways and going calling. In verse 13, we read it earlier, and uh, this is what it says, but when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. And you continue to read in 16 and 17, and we see what happened that a certain man was preparing a banquet and everything was ready, but they all began to make excuse. You see, this is something interesting that maybe you've never thought about, and that is this, is that there is no verse commanding sinners to come to church. And friends today, uh, if we are going to uh, be with a body of believers who are going to be blessed, we have got to understand as never before that we have got to be an example of the believer and that we have got to be willing to go and to share and, uh, and share the love of Christ with people. You see, Jesus left heaven to reach us. We must leave our buildings. I've said it probably with some frequency. If the extent of what we do about trying to win people to Christ and do the Lord's work, if it's confined to inside of the four buildings, we are not going to be blessed by our Heavenly Father. And so God blesses a church that goes everywhere. Look at verses 21 through 23. Listen to what it said. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant to go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And you continue to read. Uh, he comments about uh, the kind. Uh, he said, Sir, the servant said, what, what you ordered has been done. 
but there still is room. And then the master told the servant to go out to the roads, the country lanes, and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Friends, after nearly 60, or probably is now 60 years of preaching, I have found that if you want things to be better, if you want to be able to rejoice, and I believe I'm safe in saying this, is that if a person is a genuine Christian, there is nothing that blesses the heart of a Christian than to see someone share the confession of faith and then be baptized uh, after repenting and being baptized for the forgiveness of their sins and being added to the body of Christ. That is such a beautiful thing because we know that they have started out and now they're on a journey and if they will be, as John wrote in the book of Revelation, uh, be thou faithful unto death, listen to me, and you will receive a crown of life. So many times, uh, well, that's a little bit of exaggeration. I've seen people stand around and wring their hands. What in the world? What in the world? What in the world can we do? And what I have found in all my years of ministry is basically what I heard years ago. When the going gets rough, and we're wanting to see people brought to Christ. When the going gets rough, uh, the, the tough get going. And uh, uh, work for the night is coming. Work for the noonday hour. Work for Christ is coming again. And so uh, uh, let there be no unworked areas where you are living, where you are serving. And friend, if, 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 and I don't, not much on tossing out little phrases and so forth, but many times a body of believers, uh, they are keepers of the equitarium. And that's right, you've got to do that. But also you've got to have a balance, and that is we have got to be fishers of men. It's interesting when our Lord called his disciples and apostles and so forth that uh, uh, they were fishermen. And that's exactly what we are to be, only that we are to be fishing for men and women, boys and girls, and reaching them uh, for Christ. And so we notice that also that God blesses a church that reaches all kinds. Friends, let me ask you, uh, uh, what kind of people make up the body of believers where you are. In uh, the book of James, I, I love the book of James, and probably you do too, uh, that uh, you probably have heard these words many times from the book of James, and I want to turn to that and uh, and read to you in the, uh, I believe it's the fifth, ch uh, second chapter, beg your pardon, verses one through nine. And this is what James, the brother of Jesus said. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord, Jesus Christ must now sh uh, must not show favoritism suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in if you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say here's a good seat for you but say to the poor man you stand there or sit on the floor by your feet I have you, uh, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. 
Is not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into the court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him uh, to whom you belong? And he continues on and says, If you keep the royal law found in the scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as law breakers. Isn't those words encouraging? Yes, you know, well, pray. Probably I have prayed uh, time and time and time and time and time and time again. Lord, bless our church. Okay. For him and for us to be able to share in his blessings is that we've got to understand what we must do. And I love those profound words also, and I'm sure you probably have read them in uh, 1 Corinthians 6 chapter. And I want to read those also in verses 9 uh, through 11. Very, very powerful words, and uh, it tells us about uh, what can happen when we have Christ in our heart. Paul writes and he says, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have had sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, uh, our swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen what Paul says to the Christians in the city of Corinth. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. That's talking about with the message of Christ and what Christ can do for an individual. All kinds of sins were in the city of Corinth. All kinds, uh, any, you name the sin, it served, if you look on the map, it served as a trade route from the east to the west and the west to the east, and any type and every type of sin had been brought into that area. And so, uh, and now we see, as Paul wrote to them, such were some of you. It may be that I, as you are sharing this podcast today, that some of these things that I just mentioned that, um, uh, that Paul brought to the attention of the uh, Christians in Corinth, maybe you're in that bracket. My friend, God's grace, listen to me, is big enough to cover any and all sins. God's mercy, God's forgiveness, His blood is big enough to cover all of our sins. And friend, if you want to have peace of mind, if you want to have that joy, joy, joy that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, it can come when you say, Jesus, I'm giving my life to you and I'm going to obey the plan of salvation and uh, and I'm going to try to live the kind of life that you want me to live. You know, we look at the story also in the Gospel of Luke about the Good Samaritan in the 10th chapter, verses 25 through 37. Why was he good? Is because he did what every Christian ought to do. Let me encourage you, friend, and all of us as we go through life, not to practice selective uh, uh, evangelism, trying to reach the same color, the rich, the influential, don't worry about 
whether a ministry can pay for its own way. I believe with all of my heart that if you seek to do right, that God, Jesus Christ, will make a way. There's a song to that effect, and I'm sure many of you heard it, and that he will make a way. I know that he will make a way. Let me ask also some other questions. Do the alcoholics, do the downtrodden, do the convicts know they are welcomed into your body of believers? God blesses, listen to me closely, brothers, a church that reaches all kinds of people. And God blesses a church reaching as many as you can. Again, friends, we do not want to be just a keeper of the aquarium. Hear me now. But that we want to be fishers of men. We want to go out and bring the great message of Jesus Christ. In this 23rd verse, in the 14th chapter, then, uh, I, I love what it says, then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house might be full. Isn't that beautiful? That's what Christ wants. We know in reading, and uh, if I'm thinking correctly, in the book of Timothy, where he says, and Paul writing to Timothy, he said, who would have all people to be saved? Listen, friends, you can know a peace that passes all understanding. You can know a joy that is unbelievable, a genuine joy that goes deep, 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 not just a passing joy, not just a flippant joy, not just a flippant peace and a passing peace, the peace that passes all understanding when you genuinely give your life to Christ and try to live the Christian life. And so as we think about evangelism, we need to understand that God blesses a church reaching as many as you can. Now here is the thing, friend, that maybe where we don't go far enough. We just think about people coming to where we are. We have got to, in our day, if we are going to reach people, we have got to be creative, we've got to be innovative, and we've got to think, how can we bring the greatest message of the world to people all around and everywhere? It thrills my soul that I think right after we started this podcast, uh, there was a dear family uh, here in the same subdivision where Sharon and I live. And I had, uh, uh, there were two girls and a boy, and I had both their mother and father's funeral. And uh, the younger daughter married an outstanding military man. He's gone way up the ranks. And I believe they're returning after years and years in Germany. And they may still be there. I'm not sure whether they've gotten home yet or not but they listen every week listen to this podcast in germany and that thrills my heart and, uh, and the fact that they do that tells me they want to know more about christ and they want to know how i can do more for him you see friends it's not really about me and it's not really about you it's about others and if others are going to hear people are not coming to church and so i uh, wonder why and uh, it's because maybe we are not doing what he has asked us to do, to go out calling, to go everywhere, to, to reach all kinds of people and to reach as many as we can. I uh, 
a number of years ago I'd have to look at the church bulletins and we're now in our 15th year at the Scotts Fork Christian Church and we started a ministry a trial ministry using the youth center there in Lancaster and uh, uh, and having an early service and hopefully some way somehow that we could reach people with the message of Christ and we did have people coming we had um, baptized a young man uh, who came to the services and uh, but for whatever reason or reason that uh, we did not continue we possibly made a big big mistake uh, but anyway uh, I'm looking at that again uh, we have got to go got to go everywhere as the Bible would tell us reaching all kinds of people reaching as many as you can and also is that God blesses a church with a sense of urgency Friends, that is a very, very important statement. When you read this account in the Gospel of Luke, I want you to notice uh, what the servant came back and reported this to his master. Now, when you listen, then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor and the crippled, the blind and the lame. I never will forget uh, that uh, one time I was called to the hospital here in, in Danville and they had no chaplain and, and I'm being vain but they kind of thought of me as the chaplain at that time and they called me and asked me they said there's a man who wants to talk to you about becoming a Christian and giving his life to Christ and he was in very very bad shape needless to say I went immediately and and I went and talked with him and he said Mr. Clark I just appreciate so much you coming. But you said, you named the sin, and I have committed it. You named the sin and the wrong, and I have committed it. He said, I believe I've waited too late. And I said, with much haste and much quickness, I said to the dear gentleman, listen, friend, ideally it's not good to wait to the 11th hour. Ideally it's not the best thing to wait this late but it is better than never and uh, and whatever you have done now listen to me I told him if you say Lord please forgive me of my sins and as long as you live do your best with the guidance of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit leading and to do your best to uh, uh, show that uh, you want to bring forth fruit that you truly have repented and uh, and friend God's grace unmerited favor and God's love and God's forgiveness and uh, uh, not, and all of those things will take care of your sins and uh, he said no sir I've, I've changed my mind since I had you called to come to the hospital I don't think that uh, I have uh, uh, that I've waited too late and it hurt me so badly because I wanted to convince him that yes it's not good to wait to that particular hour but also it's a great thing that at least at the 11th hour that he wanted to come to Christ and so the writer in this in the gospel of Luke here John of course Luke wrote the gospel of Luke and the physician and he said go out quickly and friends we don't have much time I attended a funeral today in uh, the First Baptist Church in Richmond Kentucky for a young man I baptized while I was at the Danville Church there for 32 years and he uh, 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 died from cancer 45 years of age and his ministries are literally known all over the world 
an intelligent young man, a brilliant young man, and uh, he was on the cutting edge of many, many approaches and touched the lives literally of thousands and tens of thousands of people from Seattle, Washington, to Dallas, Texas, to Miami, Florida, all over this land, and he realized the urgency to go while it is day and work while it is day because there is a time when we will not be able to work any longer. And so we read in Ephesians 5.16 where Paul said to the Christians at Ephesus, make, every, make the most of every opportunity, work while it is day, because the day will come when we will, not, will no longer be able to work. I'm sure many ministers could tell you countless stories about being there just in time to talk to someone before they left this world, or more tragically, just a little too late. Uh, like in my situation with a dear gentleman who thought there was no way that he could be forgiven of his sins. And Jesus tells us in Revelation 22, he said, I am coming soon. I know that there are a lot, a lot of things that our Lord has to be unhappy about. But as I attended that service today in Richmond, Kentucky, the minister made this statement. He said, you know, when we step back and take a look at everything, he said that we, from Seattle, Washington, Los Angeles, California, to Dallas, Texas, to New York City, wherever it might be, is that we have been very good about telling people what we are against, and that has to be done. But also, we have got to be able to tell them that God so loved the world that he gave the very best of heaven in order that we might have eternal life, forgiveness of sins, peace of mind, joy in our hearts and many many other things and so we follow the admonition that says i must work all the works of him that sent me while it is day because the night cometh when no man can work they're saying that many people in our day are living their lives as if they think they're going to live forever friends that's not true that's not true and uh, we claim to be so intelligent and uh, and i share with you friend if you are a genuine christian if i'm a genuine christian i've got to have a heart for bringing people to jesus christ that's what we're seeking to do at scott's for june the 11th june the 18th june the 25th in july the five sundays in july 30th 23 16 9 and 2 sharing the message that when you become a child of his, you're sharing in one of the greatest blessings that could come your way. Father, I pray that you will bless us and as we continue in our worship service at the Scottsford Christian Church. Lord, we have been praying for eight decisions, and I pray for clarity of thought. I pray that uh, uh, the Holy Spirit will work and that we can see people acknowledging their faith in Christ. Uh, forgive us now of our sins, and thank you for your love for us. In his name we pray. 